I'm so excited today because we're kicking off the year with uh, a special guest. For the last 15 weeks, you've had to, to listen to me. I say this, that I come to this church to hear the worship team, and then y'all just have to endure me for 30 minutes. But I come here for the worship because I like the music here. And, uh, and then you just have to put up with me. But today, we have a very, very special treat. And my pastor, and one of the overseers of our church, we have uh, apostolic elders or overseers that oversee our ministry, my ministry, my wife, and the ministry of our local church. We're accountable to them. And yearly, you're going to be hearing from them. And I'm so excited that one of them is here today. So why don't you do this? Would you stand with me all over the house? We value honor here. The Bible talks about giving honor, and we value that. Everybody needs somebody in your life that is speaking to you and praying for you and talking to you and asking you the hard questions. Everybody needs a pastor, and this is mine, and I'm so honored that he's here. Would you honor him and honor me by putting your hands together and welcome Pastor Russ Cripps from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Do me a favor, put your hands together for Pastor Mitch, Brandy, and the Dream Team. Come on, you can do better than that. I got to tell you, man, I am so pumped up to be here today. We live in Baton Rouge and uh, LSU won, in case you were wondering about that yesterday. How'd Texas do? Dividing the crowd to conquer the soul. That's what we do. That's what we do. I'm t- I'm, I tell you, man, I'm, I'm just, <clears throat> I'm so excited to be here today. My wife is, uh, is with me, and uh, we're celebrated 26 years uh, on December the 29th. So congratulations to her for getting this 26 years in a row. I mean, come on, somebody. Uh, but we have, uh, we've, we've, had some, uh, we've had some great years, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so thankful to have her with me on this trip. And an honor to be here at City Hills. Uh, you know, such an amazing church has gotten off to such a, an amazing uh, beginning. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Let me, let me just kind of tell you. If, if you're new here, if, if this is your first time, as we say back home at Acacia Church, if you're just kind of kicking the tires of, of faith in general or of City Hills, I want to tell you, you're not going to find a church that's going to love you like this one's going to love you. You're not going to find a church that will just say, hey, come on in just like you are because we're all walking home together and, and we're trying to grow. We're trying to get closer to Jesus and uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great place for you. So I just want to tell you welcome home because uh, you've made a good decision by coming and being a part of this great church on the first day of the year. It's going to be a great year. Do you believe that? Say amen. I, I saw a weather report and, and it's going to be like this 365 days all year. And so it's just going to be a fantastic year. It, that was a lie. But it's, it, we're, we're, we're just kind of speaking that on faith. So let me pray after I lie. Let me pray. And then we're going to, uh, we're just going to, I'm just going to kind of share some, some thoughts with you today. Lord, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for being you. Thank you for loving us so much that you would think so highly of us to just make salvation an option for us. Make this, this thing called grace, this thing called mercy, Lord, it's it just it's beyond our mind to, to wrap our minds around it, to, to be able to consider how good you are and, and how big your grace is, how how massive your mercy is, how how much you love us, Lord, and, and we thank you for that. And so, Lord, we just pray that this word today would would change our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would position us to move us into a direction that you're calling us to go. Lord, we want this year to be that year. We want this year to be that year that changes everything. We want this time in our life, this season in our life to be that, Lord, 
that just changes the trajectory of our everything, Lord. And we're saying yes to your word even before we know what the word is today. We're saying yes to your promises even before we know what all of that even really means, Lord. We're saying yes because you're a good God. And our trust is in you and our faith is in you. And we pray this in the matchless name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And everybody in the house says in Jesus' name. Now put your hands together one more time. Give him some praise. You may be seated. One of my favorite stories to tell is about some Alaskan hunters. Um, they were actually from the Midwest, and they went hunting every year. It was two of them. They were hunting every year in Alaska. And it was, um, it was like one of these trips where you have to charter a, tr- uh, a plane. And the plane was um, one of those little small things where it's got like the little pontoon situations on the bottom. And so they would fly into this really remote area. And they would hunt uh, for seven days, and then the charter plane would come back and, and pick them up. And, um, and so they did this every year, and so time came for them to do it again. And so they chartered another plane, somebody, a pilot they never met before, and said, okay, here's where we're going to go, we're going to hunt, and blah, blah, blah. And, said, and, and the uh, pilot said, okay, here's the rules. You've been here before, but you know the rules. I'll be back in seven days. And don't, like, shoot each other or shoot yourself in the foot because you, there's no cell phone reception. Nobody's coming to get you. This is real hunting out here. And uh, I'll be back in seven days. And uh, you can kill one elk per person and no more because of, uh, of the weight limit in, in the plane. Okay, we've been here before. We know, we know the drill. So plane takes off and they hunt and they both kill an elk. And uh, the plane comes back in seven days and he lands and the pilot walks up. How was that? Man, it was great. We got two elk apiece. In the middle of the but you know you're only going to be able to bring one of them home, right? Well, but, but we, last year we did, we did the same thing. We, we each got two elk, and, and, and the pilot let us do it last year, and the, the new pilot was like, really? He, he let you take more than what you're supposed to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, okay, I guess we'll do the same thing again. So they loaded everything in there, crammed in there, and they're sitting like this because there was no room inside the tiny plane, and they get up about 200 feet, about 250 feet, and that's, that's the airplane noise right there. It, it started making some noises and spitting and sputtering. And, and sure enough, man, things started to go down. And, and it crashed into the woods. And they all survived, but they crashed. And, and they just kind of you know, shook their head whenever they realized that they were alive. And, and they shook their head and looked around. And, and one of the hunters said to the other, said, man, that was, that was close. We almost died. Yeah, I know. And the guy said, where do you think we are? And he said, looks like we're about the same place that we crashed last year. And the moral of the story is, I don't want to find myself crashing or landing in the same place next year as where I am this year. I, I want to grow. I want to, I want to move forward. I think that that speaks so loudly to us because none of us want to be in the same place this time next year. We, we want to grow. We want to move forward. We want to move forward in, in what the Lord has for us. And so enter the picture. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to say, enter the picture. One, two, three. I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to say New Year's resolutions. One, two, three. So enter the picture, New Year's resolutions. Because New Year's resolutions is just another phrase to describe the distance between where you are now and where you want to be. We don't like to be in the same spot <clears throat> next year as we are this year, we all want to move forward. We want to move forward physically. You know, Pastor Mitch talked a second ago about it. somebody sees him running, uh, you know, that it was, he's in trouble. So, so, like, put the fire out or whatever. So some people want to, want to move forward physically. That's not him, but we'll, we'll pray for him. We want, to move, we want to move forward physically. We want to move forward 
like relationally. Like we want our marriages to be better. We want our, our relationship with our, with our kids to be better. Because right now they're driving us nuts, right? And we want to just give them away. But we have to raise them. We're committed to them. And so we want to, well, we're kind of committed to them. And so we're, we, want to, we want to get better at that relationship. I want my marriage to be stronger this year than what it is like right now. It's great right now, but I want it to be even better. And so we want to grow emotionally. We want to grow relationally. But most of all, we want to grow spiritually. We all agree that we want to find ourselves in a different place at the end of 17 than we're finding our place at 16. And so again, enter the picture New Year's resolution. New Year's resolutions are great. But if you're honest, it's not just making the resolution that makes the difference, right? It's like actually doing the resolution. So here's your daily Seinfeld reference. It's like Seinfeld renting the car, and he says, you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation, right? And, and that's us. We know how to make really good New Year's resolutions, but we don't know how to actually stick to them. And so here's a couple of just sub-points as we kind of get traction here move forward. Here's a couple of reasons why New Year's resolutions have problems getting going and keeping traction. Number one, I believe you'll see it on the screen, is this. Your resolutions have always essentially just been intentions, right? It's like, well, I intend to lose weight, right? I, I, I intend to, to, to grow stronger in my marriage. I, I intend to do an awful lot of things, but mere intentions are not necessarily commitments. We wanted to do the, the right thing, but there's no real strategy. And I just want to tell you real quickly that that your strategy always trumps your intention, okay? Let me say that again. Strategy always trumps intention. Whenever we get ready to go back to Baton Rouge tomorrow, we're going to get in the car, and we're going to get on I-10, and we're going to go east. We're not going to go west. Because we could even be on the right road. Come on, somebody. We could even be on the right road, but we're headed in the wrong direction. And our intentions are one thing, but our strategy is a different thing. And I just want to tell you that that's never going to work out well for you. You're thinking one direction, but you're acting in another direction, and it's not going to work out well for you. The second little subheading here as we get going is each year you add things, but you never subtract things, right? You're like, this year I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm... No, you're not. You're a liar. You're, you're just, you're, you have good intentions, right? But you just keep adding things to the plate. You keep adding things to the schedule. And you get to the point where you just cannot do everything as much as you want to do them. As one writer recently put it, if everything's important, then nothing's important. If you say that this is important, and this is important, and this is important, eventually you're going to get to that, the, the economic term I think is called the point of diminishing returns. You get to that point to where everything's really not as important as you're saying that it is because everything you're saying is important. You have to make some priorities in your life. You have to subtract some things out of your life if you're going to make these New Year's resolutions actually stick and go forward. Number three, final little point here to kind of get us pointed in the right direction is you don't address your patterns. That's why you don't stick to your resolutions is because you don't actually address your patterns. Because here's the thing, you are what you repeatedly do. You get up in the morning, and my wife has this certain routine. I've got this certain routine, but I like to pick on her. So she, she wakes up, and she's going to go to the restroom, and then she's going to go brush her teeth, and then she's going to go. This is the thing. Listen, listen. She's going to go, and she's going to fix her water and coffee at the same time. But she doesn't touch the water because the water has to set because the ice kind of softens a little bit if she lets it set while she's drinking her coffee. So she fixes this giant 
about this tall bottle of water with ice in it. And then she fixes her coffee. And then she does her morning devotions because she's all holy and whatnot. She does her, her, her morning devotions while she's drinking her coffee. And then after the devotion, after the coffee, then the ice is kind of starting to get ready in the water that she's prepared 45 minutes ago. And then she goes and she'll begin to consume the water every single day. We're staying down the road at the hotel every day this morning. She has still done the same thing because we have these patterns that go on in our life. And it's the same thing with you. You say that you want to you uh, lose some weight. But the, the problem is you, you don't want to lose the pizza. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? You're, just, you're like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really lose some weight this year as you order the, the large Supreme, you know, and, and with the extra fat in it. You're just like, yeah, can you give me some extra fat today? Because I just I'm, I want to feel fat. Ah, it's, it tastes so good. But your, your intentions are one thing. Your patterns are one thing. And you're, all, you're, you're saying that you want to make this new beginning, right? You're saying that this is my year. This is my year. But you're, you're, you're doing some things that, that are not going to change the, the reality of who you are because what you do on a daily basis absolutely determines everything. And so it's a new time to approach a new way to looking at New Year's resolutions. But here's the good news for you. And the, the title of my little, my little time with you here this morning, and I'm not going to just rear back and preach, but I do feel like that I've got a word here for you. But the title of it this morning is just simply new. It's just, we're not going to overcomplicate it this morning. It's just simply new. And the good news is new, the word new is mentioned 192 times in 174 verses throughout God's word. We serve a God who specializes in making things new. And the church gives me a hearty amen about that. New is not just mentioned a couple of times in scriptures, but it's all throughout the Bible, actually. The creation was a new creation. The, the, whenever the flood happened, and then all of this new stuff was ushered in after the flood. The formation of Israel was a new formation of this body of people. The promised land was a new dwelling place for these people to be in. Their covenant with God was a new relationship with their God. The Messiah who came to save all of humanity was a new form of relating to this God. The first church in the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit was poured out, and this whole thing just exploded into all this sense of amazingness. It was new. No one had ever experienced it before. And then Revelation closes out by pointing to a new heaven and a new earth and this new time thing that we can't even wrap our mind around called eternity. And so the good news is God has always been doing things new. God's always been doing things new. And so you think, well, yeah, but he can't do that to me. You want to bet, man, I'll, I'll arm wrestle you because he can. He really can. I'm going to prove it to you because God loves doing things new. Is anybody else glad besides me? Are you glad about that this morning, that he makes all things new? Man, that's just great news. It's fantastic news, and I hope that you can buy into that. So let me quickly give you two passages of Scripture. I'm just going to kind of point my, put, put the anchor here, and then we're going to kind of circle around and come back to that. But 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 simply says, we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith. We don't live by sight. And then Hebrews 12 and 2, the first part of that adds to it. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Or the NIV, not sure what they're using up here. It says, the pioneer or the perfecter of our faith. So stay with me this morning. I want to show you how these two passages can help you jump into a brand new place that God is inviting you to jump into this brand new year. Because here's the thing, man. Anybody can jump. Anybody can jump. 
I was at Paradise Elementary School way back in my glory days, and um, we, had this, uh, we had this basketball camp. And the first thing that they taught us to do was jump. And I'll never forget this, this girl. She was not the most socially skilled. And, and, and looking back, I mean, it, it kind of felt sorry for the girl. But the, the, the instructor was telling us how to jump. He was just saying, you just kind of and you just, you just jump. You just, even if you're like a white boy like me, and you just jump, yeah, that's, that's about all you got right there. You can, just, you can just, white men can't jump right there. I'm living proof. You just, you just can't do it. But everybody can do at least that, right? I mean, even if, even if you're, you know, you've got some sort of an ailment with a knee or a leg or something, you can, you can at least usually just do a little bit. But this girl says, I, I, just, I just can't jump. And the guy's like, no, you can't. She says, I've never jumped. He's like... <laughs> What are you? You're a kid. Surely you've jumped. And he taught her that, that everybody could jump. And, and it's just a simple concept, but everybody can jump. Now, let me say something else. And, and you may not agree with me on the surface whenever I say this, but everybody can jump, but everybody also has faith. Everybody on planet Earth has faith. In fact, it's more common than what a lot of people give it credit for for being. And so uh, an, an example, is, and, and just, just allow me to kind of make, make sense of this, an example is a, a common rubber ball, a red rubber ball. Whenever I take the rubber ball and I throw it up in the air, I have faith. I don't call it faith. I have a belief that whenever I throw it up in the air, it's going to come back down and I'm going to be able to catch it. I have faith. I, I don't call it faith. I've got faith in this red rubber ball. I, I've got faith that this I can, I can throw it down on the ground, and it's going to come back up because I've seen it happen before. That, that's a belief system that has been put into me, and so it's this, it's this belief that the action that I know is going to come to pass, that it tends to behave in a manner in which I think that it's going to happen. But the thing about faith is we make it far too complex. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's just we make everything so much more complicated than it has to be. Like all of the husbands... Um, we make things a whole lot more complicated than what they have to be, and the wives say amen. <laughs> All the wives are like, amen, I'll tell you later, amen. Right? <laughs> and if you, if you are the, the, the parent of a teenager, teenagers can really make things much more complicated than what they have to be. Amen, right? Uh, yeah, you're with me right there. If you, if you, if you have a teenager, then, then you know that, and I'm going to continue to pray for you. But we can take something that is so simple, like faith, and we can turn it, into something that is so absolutely complex. But it doesn't have to be that way. Let me, let me just get elementary. Whenever you get in the car, whenever you leave here, you're going to either, if you're rich and you have one of those cars where you just push a button, and I say rich, like every car basically has that, but not mine. You, you stick the key in there and you, you, you turn it and, and you have faith that it's going to crank, right? You, you sit in there, and if you're rich, then, 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 the, uh, then the, the, the key fob, see, I don't have a fob, I just got a key. I, mine's just a key. If you have a fob, and you sit down in the car, you have faith that when you push the button, it's just going to crank. It's just, you believe that that's what's going to happen. It's, it's, it's a simple thing called faith. Whenever you leave here today, and your stomach's going, feed me. You have faith that whenever you get to Chewy's and you eat that pile of cheesy goodness called queso, come on somebody, you believe, yeah, you believe, you have faith that it's going to, it's going to address those hunger pains and you're just kind of, kind of go, glory, you know, because it tastes that good, right? You're, you're just, you're excited about what that is about to do. All right, let me show you one of life's axioms with you, and I've, I've got to hurry here. But I believe that every single human being has this thing called faith. Genesis 1 and 1 says, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Now, have you ever noticed how it doesn't try to prove God? 
it assumes faith in God from the very beginning of Scripture. It doesn't say, here's the story of where God came from. It just says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it just assumes that this, that this faith in God was there. It assumes that this God was there. And this God says, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be the heavens and the earth and all this stuff. And then it's just, it just, we just, that's, that's kind of how we roll. If you call yourself a Christian, that's just kind of how your faith, it just assumes that there is this thing called God. Now let's assume that you're not a believer here today. Or you know someone who's not a believer. I want to challenge you and I want to tell you, you also have faith. You don't call it faith, but you have faith that one day, way back a gazillion, gazillion years ago, there was these gases up in the air, and one of the gases got mad at the other one and bombed the other one. There was a big bang, and millions of billions of gazillions of years later, here we are, and we're awesome because of, of all that. So you either have faith in God or you have faith in gas. When you say it like that, wow, I'm a Christian, right? <laughs> I got faith in gas. Well, good for you, buddy. I hope that works out really, really well. We don't call it faith, but it's, it's, it's faith. Because everyone has a matter of faith. It's just where you place that faith. It's where you put that faith. And here's where I, I want this to begin to pinch just a little bit. The faith that you possess then navigates your thoughts. The faith that you possess determines the steps in your life that you take and the direction in your life that you take. The faith that you possess then guides your expectations and your, your possibilities at this point. So again, back to our trusty red rubber ball. You can bounce it because you think that it's going to come back up. You don't throw it onto the ground like that because you think it's going to just stick to the floor like a pile of goo. You, the action, please catch this. Please, The action that you do is based on the faith that you have that that ball is going to hit the floor and come back up. Whenever you throw it up in the air, you don't throw it up in the air thinking, see, ya. it's not going to be like a, a helium balloon and you're just going to watch it. That's real pretty, kids. You just, you throw it up in the air and, and you throw it up in the air and ready, you, you hold your hand out like this and you keep your eyes on it because you believe that it's going to come back down and you're going to be able to catch it. So, I'm preaching and you don't even know it. Um, the faith that you have then determines the actions that you do. If you believe that, ready? If I had an organ behind me and a towel, I'd go all T.D. Jakes on you right now. The faith that you have is going to determine the actions that you do. And so if you believe that God wants to bring you into some brand new territories this year, then you're going to position yourself to start moving into some brand new territories this year. You're just going to expect that it's going to happen. You're like, I know that this is my year. I know what God's going to do. And so you just begin to look for things, right? You begin to listen for conversations like, that's the one. That's, that's what I've been looking for right there, Bo. Woo! Let's go. And you kind of get all super spiritual and whatnot because you just, your faith is saying, this is the year that God has more for me. This is the year that God is going to move me into some areas that I've never been before. And so your, your body language is different. Your faith, your, 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 your head is different. Your thinking is different because you believe that God has got something extraordinary for you. And so you just kind of get ready for it. Amen? You just kind of say, yeah, this is going to happen in my life. 
So 2 Corinthians, we read it a second ago, 5 and 7, says we live by faith, not by sight. Everybody say, we live by faith. We live, we exist, we operate by faith, not by sight. Well, Pastor, that all sounds like super inspirational and encouraging at all. But what about real life, Bo? What about real life? What about the second? We, we, we don't live by sight. That's, that hurts a little bit. Let, let's, let's let that chew on us just for a second. And I'm hurrying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. We'll be done by like 3.15 or 4 today. We're fine. On the screen, you'll see a picture of an African impala. Whenever I read this, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain what this illustration did for me personally. And I pray that it... Any of you, I'm 47 years old. Whenever I was a kid, one of the cool toys was a wood-burning set. Anybody in here ever have a, have a wood-burning set where like, you could like burn your name into your parents' back porch or whatever? <laughs> that's, that's what I did. They weren't pleased with me, but that's what I did. You could burn your name. I, I, I want this illustration to just burn into your soul. And I want this illustration to just change the way that you're looking at this upcoming year. So on the screen, you'll see this African Impala. And the story I think it's very close to a lot of Christians and how we choose to live our life. So here's the story. The average height of the back of this impala is about 30 to 32 inches. Now, I know you guys see a lot of exotic animals out here. You're driving down the road, all these farms and, and ranches and stuff. You see lots of things. But this is not a large animal. This is not like some huge elk situation. This is a pretty small animal. The back of it is about 30 to 32 inches. Yet this 30-inch animal has the ability to jump 150 inches into the air. That's about 13 feet vertically that this animal can jump. It's, 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 I mean, what is it? What is 30 inches? About that tall? And it can jump to where its feet reach 13 feet tall. So imagine a backboard. It's not uh, the basketball goal. It's not the goal. The goal is 10 foot, but like the top of the backboard, that's like 13-ish feet. And so this animal that's about this tall can just go boing and can jump that high if it chooses to do so. It's amazing how high that this thing can jump. And amazing to its vertical leaping ability, its equally amazing ability is the linear jump. It can jump about 30 feet. And I marched this off a second ago. It's, it's I don't know, 30-ish feet. But imagine you just kind of just going boing and jumping from right there. And you have to make that sound whenever you jump. Boing! And you jump to, to that edge of the, just, it's just a, a jump. It's kind of like leapfrog on steroids, right? It's just like whoo! It's just this huge, huge jump. 30-inch animal. I don't know how much it weighs. We can't weigh too much because it's so small. But it's got an amazing ability to jump. They can jump 13 feet high. They can jump 13 feet out in front of it. And they can run about 50 miles an hour. Whenever I read stats like this, it reminds me of my college days as a sports athlete. Not really. I'm convinced that I would have been a great athlete. If coach would have put me in, I know it would have won state. <laughs> so I'm convinced, right, that I would have been a great quarterback and I'm also convinced that I would have been a great Spartan warrior but I don't have time to get off on on all of that because it doesn't matter it doesn't mean anything in reference to this I just like to work it into conversations I, I would just be a great warrior but anyway there's something so peculiar about these little animals is they can jump so high they can run so fast they're so powerful in all of their ways they can jump 13 feet in the air they can jump 13 feet out in front of them but do you know that if you take an African impala that's pictured right there, it's like he's posing for us. Like it's like, hey guys, what's up? Happy New Year. That's what he's saying to you. 
You could put that animal behind a fence that is four feet tall. And that animal will stay there for his entire life. He has the ability to jump 30 feet in the air. Yet he's held captive by a four-foot wall. Now, I went to Louisiana Public School. I'm not really great with numbers, but that does not compute. That's not real good math. I don't think that that is supposed to, to work like that. Something is not right with the numbers there, but because of this perceived limitation or fear of the unknown, this extraordinary animal is reduced to then begin to live an ordinary life. This African impala won't jump if he can't see where he's going to land. I want to be like that 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 comedian in that all of my pop reference pop culture references are like 40 years old so you have to excuse me but the guy who says do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth that that guy that's real funny what's it, is it Chris Rock yeah that guy brother Tucker that's him um, he says do you understand the words that are coming out of my do you understand what I'm saying that the animal that has the ability to leap 30 feet in the air and excuse me, 13 feet in the air and 30 feet out in front of him can be held hostage by a four-foot wall. You ever felt like life has you kind of trapped? You ever felt like 2016 has, has built like a four-foot wall and, and you know, come on somebody, you know you've got the ability to jump where God's calling you to jump. You just can't see the landing area real clear and because you can't see the landing area real clear then you just think, well, I just may better just kind of stay right here. The God of all creation is inviting you to jump into new territory. In 2017, you've been feeling it. It's been stirring inside of your bones for some time. He's been, he's been urging you to kind of just get out of the nest and just kind of see all of the more that's out there that he's got in store for you. But you just can't quite see your landing zone. And so you're going to choose to be held captive by a four-foot wall. And let me make it a little bit more disastrous before I make it really good and then we'll try to put a bow on this and I'll tie this up and, and let you get out of here. But what's probably even worse than hearing that story that if you trap this animal out in the wild and you bring him or her in and they become captive by this four-foot wall and they begin to have children, they begin to raise a family and this little impala is born there with the four-foot wall, do you know that that little impala that's then born into that environment will ever, never even realize that he or she can jump 13 feet in the air? And they never will realize that they can jump 30 feet out there linear, just straight out in front of them. They could jump 30 feet if they, if they want to. But they've been raised in an environment of captivity and limitation 
And they have been raised to think that this is all that life has to offer. They've been raised to think that this is all that God has to offer. And so they don't ever realize that there's an entire world out there on the other side of the horizon. And so they just choose to just, well, let's just settle here. Let's just stay here. And so they never realize that they have the ability to jump. So they just they stay right where they are. This creature, guys, listen. This creature that God created to leap and run as good as probably any animal on the planet is choosing to just be like, okay, we're cool here. We're, we're just going to stay right here. It's good. I like this four-foot wall. This four-foot wall is comfortable. I know what's going to happen here in the four-foot wall. I mean, I might could jump out, but I can't see where I'm going to land. How many times do we just choose to settle because we can't clearly see the landing zone? Folks, it's called faith. <laughs> where did we get the theology? Where is it in this book that God's going to just work it all out and send you the blueprints of the final picture of the final chapter even before you have the guts to even, even consider launching into this new territory that he's called? It's called faith. It's called faith. Do you think that he's going to let you jump somewhere where it's going to hurt you? That little boy yours is what, two? He thinks he's like 42, but he's, he's like, he, he's, he, do you think, can I stand on this without dying? Okay. Do you think that little Hank, that's what I like to call him, you think that little Hank is going gonna, is gonna to jump into Papa's arms and not be fully convinced? He's going to catch me. How many kids do you have that like jump off the, 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 uh, the pool, you know, the side of the pool, catch me, daddy. And one of these times you just want to like just almost let them drown just to just kind of giggle at them, you know, just a little bit, just kind of scare them a little bit. Or they'll be on the stairs and they'll just jump. And at first it's like one step, right? And then it's two steps and then it's three. And then all of a sudden they're just like 37 stories up there and they're just like, watch this, dad, <laughs> you know, and you're just like, oh God, oh, help me, help me, help me. But it's, it's, it's faith. That your father's going to catch you. I don't, I don't know what the landing zone really looks like. But I know that he's going to catch me. I know that I'm going to be okay. Whenever I jump, I don't, I don't know exactly if I'm going to land right there, right there, right there. I don't really know all that. But I don't have to know all that. I don't have to know all that. Do you think that whenever you read scripture. The, here's the problem and I've got to hurry. Uh, this thing up here says that I'm 43 minutes past due, and I don't know what that even means. So how, how much longer do I have? Three hours? Okay, good. Do you think, where was I? Do you think that whenever you read your, your or here, here's one thing that messes this up. Let me say it like this. Whenever you read your Bible, I think one thing that messes you up is you read or you've heard how the story ends, and you forget the gut-wrenching stuff that goes on in the middle of the story. 
Like, we'll read about Daniel, and you know, <laughs> that boy survived some lions. Do you think on that night, whenever the gate closed and he's in there in the lion's den, he was like, <laughs> I got this. This is a piece of cheesecake. Ain't nothing to this. He was like, oh, Lord, you got to help me and help me tonight, right now. He didn't know where he was going to land. He didn't know how it was going to end up. When, when Moses, stuttering Moses was standing before the Pharaoh and he was like, hey, I know that you got this, this whole slave nation and they're just like responsible for your whole gross national product and they're just making Egypt what it is. But how about you let those folks go for me? Would you do that? Would you, what do you think that he felt like that first time that he said, let, let, let my people go? What about Joseph? Whenever he's, he's in prison and he's, he's been sold into... He's been, he's, his brothers sold him. His family sold him. You think you got some family problems. <laughs> At least your brothers haven't sold you into slavery, right? One of the things about that story that's always just completely like freaked me out, like in a good way, is you'll read, and Joseph was this, and he was in prison, and he was doing this, and he was doing this, and he was doing this. And then it starts this, I'll never forget it. I wish I knew the exact chapter and verse. But the next verse says, and two years later, he was on, and he was still in jail. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. He's a good dude. And he was, he was in jail. And the scripture says, but God was with him. He was in prison, but God was with him. But God was with him. Two years. And we get like this much of a sentence. Two years. Do you think during those two years he never said, okay, I know you want me to jump into some new territory, God, but I can't see the landing zone really, really easily. How, how's this going to end up? How's this going to work out? She gets caught in the act of adultery, and the religious professionals bring her to Jesus, and they says, the law says that she must die. You think right there she's thinking, man... I didn't get a chance to tell my family goodbye. This is it. It's over. Because that's just kind of how life was. If you got caught in the act of adultery, they picked up some giant stones and they just killed you. That's, that's just, that was the law. And they bring her to Jesus and they said, okay, you tell us what we should do. And if you're familiar with Scripture, it says, let he who is without sin, let him cast the first stones. And everybody started dropping their rocks and just leaving because they knew that they all had some stuff going on inside of their life. But we read the end of that story and we think, well, I know how this is going to, this is a good ending. This is a happy ending. But you don't know how that landing zone is going to be. And so God is calling you to jump into some new territories this year. God is calling you to go into some brand new places this year. It's a brand new realm of spirituality this year. And you can't see how it's all going to work out yet. And he's just saying, it's okay. Okay. It's a thing called faith. It's a simple thing called faith. I planted a church. The first, the first day that we had like our, our, our real interest meeting in, in, a, in a neighborhood clubhouse, I'm bringing stuff in there and, and, and I'm bringing stuff in my car to the, to the clubhouse. And I go over and I get all, like Jim Carrey does this better than anybody. When he acts like he's going to throw up and he goes like that, but nothing really happens. I did that. I, I dry heaved. I went over in the, in the flower bed at the, at, at the place and I just went... <coughs> And I thought something was fixing to come up because I was so nervous. It's like, what if nobody shows up? I didn't know how it was going to land. I didn't know the landing area. I was just jumping on faith. This Rose family, they didn't know if anybody was going to come to that first interest meeting. <laughs> they didn't know if anybody was going to show up this morning. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's how church planning goes. 
but you just you 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 push down the fear and you let the courage rise you get a hold of this thing called faith and say lord i don't know where you're asking me to jump but i'm jumping I don't know where you're calling me to go this year, but I'm going. I don't know what all this year is going to have in store for me, Lord. But my faith is in you. My trust is in you. And I am going where you're calling me to go. So let me close with this scripture. It's Hebrews 12 and 2. Because again, the impala is right here. And it won't jump because it can't see where it's going to land. So how do you approach 2017 and leap into the new territories that God is calling you to go into? How can you go from where you are to where he's calling you to go whenever you can't see the landing zone and you get a little bit freaked out because it's a little blurry and I don't know how all this is going to work out. I don't know how all this is going to land. I don't know how this is going to end. Stop trying to figure out the landing zone. Stop trying to see the landing zone and fix your eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith so do me a favor and stand realize that he's trying to get you to go to some places that you've never been before He's trying to get you to go to some spiritual realms that you've never experienced before. And the beautiful thing about the beautiful thing about a new church is, and, and again, Steph and I have, have launched a church. We've, I, I know, right? I, I, I know. And the beautiful thing about a crowd like this is, there's people from all over. There's people who like. Like you may maybe you were born physically, literally born in church. <laughs> like from day one, you're like, woohoo, praise the Lord! And you were you you know the difference between a tithe and an offering, and, and you you knew that whenever you were two years old. Yeah, in preschool, yeah, you don't tithe, bro. You know, you're just like you just know, you just know. And maybe there's some people who you grew up in a, in a different religious environment. And so this is just kind of maybe new. And and so this whole lifting of the hands things, you're like, what what's what's that? What what what? I don't know what to do with my hands. You're kind of Ricky Bobby. You know, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. <laughs> we had this one guy come to our church, and he was from a unique background. We'll just call it that. And he said, hey, I want to I I go to coffee with you. He said, I got a question for you. He was like, go, go. What's, what's your question? Because you, whenever you plan a church and somebody's got a question for you, you don't know what kind of question <laughs> you're about to get. And his name was Jeremy. And Jeremy sat down and he said, what's the, what's the deal with, with, with y'all lifting your hands? What, what does that even mean? And I was like, This is going to be a good conversation. And so I told him, it's this act of surrender. It's just like, I'm, I'm yielding myself to you. I'm yielding, just like one of our, one of our police officers says, stick them up. You're just like, okay, you're, 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 you're stopping, you're yielding. It's the same thing whenever you lift your hands to the Lord. So some of you may have grown up in an environment where you, don't, you didn't lift your hands, right? You didn't, and so... For, for 2017, maybe you're going to get like about right here. You know, you know I want to get about halfway and just kind of check this out before I drink the Kool-Aid all the way. You're just like, where are you going in this? And some of you, again, you've been in this forever. But the good news is wherever you are on your journey, God is trying to get you to go to a brand new place, a brand new realm, a brand new level of existence, a brand new level of expectation, a brand new level of encountering the fullness of what he has in store for you. Come on, put your hands together. He wants to do something incredible for you this year.
He wants to bring you to places that you've never been before. He wants you to just have the faith in Him to lead to these places that He's calling you to go. And you're right, you don't know how it's going to end up. You don't know exactly where you're going to land. But I promise you, anytime that you take a leap of faith for Him, you're always going to land in the arms of the Father. He's never going to let you fall. He's never going to let you fall. You may stub your toe. He, he's just kind of teaching you some stuff. But He's not going to let you stay down. He's not going to let you stay down. So I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask Pastor Mitch to come up and just end this however he wants to do this. But listen, guys, listen. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. I'm full of movie references today. The Christmas story. I want to triple dog dare you. Okay? It's the coup de grace. I want to triple dog dare you. Say yes to Jesus today. No, no, listen, listen, listen. Say yes to Jesus today. Because again, that means a lot of different things for a lot of different people depending on where you are in your journey of faith. Some of you, that's like, okay, I don't even know what that means, but okay, I'm going to do it. Because this year, last year wasn't a good year for me. But this year, I'm believing that God's going to do something amazing. 2017, I'm believing that I'm going to be able to leap into some brand new territories because of where He's inviting me to go. And I'm going to have the faith to do it. Some of you have been walking with the Lord for a while and you're kind of like right here on this spiritual level and He's wanting to bring you to a different spiritual level. That's the beauty of this conversation is wherever you are in your journey, He can take you further. This church is all about there is more. Guess what? There is more for you. There's all, we're talking about God. There's always more to learn. There's always more to experience. There's always more to encounter. Just have the faith to keep going. Have the faith to keep moving. Have the faith to believe that this year is going to be different from any year that there's ever been in my life. Let me pray for you. Lord, right now in your name, I pray that you would just absolutely consume this place with your glory. I pray that you would consume this place with a spirit of faith, Lord, that you would lift up our eyes, that you would allow us to realize, Lord, that you're calling us to go to places that we've never been before. You're inviting us to experience things that we've never experienced before, Lord. Would you allow us to have the courage and the faith to say yes to you? Would you allow us to have the belief system put in place, Lord, to where we understand and we realize that even if we don't know how the story ends all of the stories that you're in that are, that involve you end in a beautiful and dynamic way lord we say yes to you we say yes to a brand new realm we say yes to a brand new revelation of who you are we say yes to a brand new realm of relationship with you lord we simply say yes so lord wherever we are in our journey wherever we are Wherever we are, Lord, allow us to jump forward. Allow us to move forward. Allow us to have a hunger for prayer and fasting like we've never had before. As we enter this 21 days, Lord, of prayer and fasting, let something get a hold of us that's never gotten a hold of us before. Let us learn how to commune with you and have a relationship with you in a level that we've never done before. Lord, take us to new places. Take us to new places, Lord. Take me as a person personally, individually, take me to a brand new place, Lord. My faith is in you. My trust is in you. My belief is in you, Lord. 
And so, Lord, my closing prayer is that if someone is in this place today and they've never said yes to you, Lord, would you allow them to simply do that? Would you allow them to begin to point themselves towards a relationship with you? Would you allow them to point themselves towards an understanding of what it means to walk with you and to talk with you and what it means to become a follower of you, Lord? Would you allow us to point our hearts toward understanding what the concept of repentance is all about, what water baptism is all about, what spirit baptism is all about, what following you on a daily basis, Lord, and living a life in relationship with you. Lord, that's what we desire. That's what we want. And Lord, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody in the house is in Jesus' name. Now put your hands together and give him an ovation of praise. Come on, put your hands together.